0: How many of you guys have ever heard the phrase through the looking glass? Through the looking glass, all right? Uh, Lewis Carroll introduced that to us in his book, uh, Alice and Through the Looking Glass. They even made that into a movie uh, pretty recently with Johnny Depp and uh, all of that. But the idea of, of going through the looking glass, if you've read the book or if you've seen the movie, you understand the idea where Alice walks through the mirror into Wonderland and Wonderland is a lot like the real world, except upside down and different, right? There are some things that are similar, some things that Alice recognizes, but everything is kind of different as well. Even some of the people and things that she interacts with they remind her of some of the other things in her life, but uh, they are different still all together. They are the same, but upside down and backwards, N.T. Wright said that the worst mistake that we can make about Jesus' kingdom and his teaching is to see it as a list of rules that we've got to try really hard to follow. It isn't. He says it's, it's a royal announcement that God is turning the world upside down, or rather, he's turning it right side So today, friends, we are going to be jumping back into the gospel of Matthew. And in the first part of Matthew, Jesus has been teaching us and showing us how to live in the kingdom of heaven, how to live under God's authority as on earth as it is in heaven. And so today we're going to see that... uh, We're going to see that even though Jesus and the kingdom of heaven are upside down from what the world thinks, living in them is truly the way for us to live right side up. And Jesus invites all of us to come and to follow him. In the chapters right before the chapter that we're going to look at today, Jesus was preparing his 12 apostles to send them out to ministry. He gave the 12 apostles authority to cast out demons and to heal sickness. Jesus gave them a message to share with the the cities and the towns and the people that they would come into contact with, that the kingdom of heaven had come near. Their authority to cast out demons and to heal sickness was to serve as signs to back up the message that they were sharing. They were in discipleship residency with Jesus. He would send them out to preach and to cast out demons and to heal sickness and spread the news about him. And then they would come back to Jesus and they would kind of debrief and then he would send them out again. Jesus was preparing these 12 guys for a time that he knew was coming, a time that he would no longer be with them and that they would be sent out to lead and to establish his kingdom here on earth. So if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me over to the book of Matthew chapter 11. Um, Matthew is on the right side of your Bible, the first book of the New Testament, if you're looking for it. We're going to be there in chapter 11, verse one to start with. If you don't have a Bible, we have some on the back table. Take one to use today or take one as a gift from us. If you don't own one, uh, please take one as a gift from us. We'd love to give you a copy of God's word for you to have or just to use today. Uh, Matthew is one of four books uh, that Start the New Testament and we call them the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. and that word gospel simply means good news and we say that because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John they tell us the good news about Jesus. They tell us about his life and his teachings and his miracles and his death and his resurrection. and so read along with me in Matthew chapter 11 and we're going to start there in verse one. We'll have it up here on the screen to read along with as well. It says after Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, He went on from there to teach and to preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, uh, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you see and what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Now, this was a pretty dark time for John. He had been in prison for the last 10 months or so, Um, he knew that his death was coming quickly. Has my life been a waste? Is Jesus really the one that I came to prepare the way for? Is Jesus really the Messiah? All of these questions had to be swirling in John's mind as he sits locked up in prison. And as Jesus often does, he doesn't answer John's disciples with a simple yes or no. (laughs) Instead, he tells them to go and to tell John to report everything that they hear and everything that they see. John knew the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah well, and he knew that the Messiah had come to heal the sick and to preach the good news to the poor. And, and it may sound strange to us to hear John's doubt and questioning of Jesus from the man who was the first person to announce that Jesus is the Messiah. There at the Jordan River. But John had been in prison for a better part of a year, and that's plenty of time for doubt and depression to set in. Plus, Jesus didn't meet the expectations of the religious leaders, he wasn't what the religious leaders expected. And Jesus' ministry was completely different from John's ministry. John went out into the wilderness and he demanded people to repent of their sins. While Jesus, on the other hand, went to where sinners were and built relationships with them, hanging out with sinners where they were, not fasting like John and his disciples, but going to parties and then inviting people to simply come and to follow him. Pointing John's disciples to what Jesus had really been up to would reaffirm for John that Jesus really is the Messiah, that Jesus is the one that they were looking for. And so he tells them, go and report to John all that you see and all that you hear, that all this sickness and these demons are cast out and the good news is being preached. And then Jesus turns to the crowds that had gathered there and Reaffirms who John really was. Look at the next verse in verse 7. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, would you go out to see a man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in kings' palaces. Then what did you go to see? A prophet. Yes. I tell you, and more than a prophet, this was the one whom was, it was written. I will send a messenger ahead of you and, and who will prepare the way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. For the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven had been subject to violence and violent people had been raiding it. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who has come. Whoever has ears, let them hear. John had not been what people expected either. (laughs) He was the son of a priest He was supposed to be one of the priests serving in the temple. And instead, he becomes this wild man living out in the wild and telling people to repent of their sins and to be baptized. John truly was a prophet and he acted as such. All you have to do is look at the Old Testament prophets and you'll see that even as crazy as John looked to us, he fits right in with them because they did some pretty crazy things too. He had come to repair the way for the king. Granted, like his kingdom, Jesus the king is upside down from what the world had expected. Or rather, he and his kingdom are right side up and it's the world that's really upside down. And the people in Jesus' generation, much like the people today, even as different as John and Jesus were, they weren't happy With either one of them. They weren't content with either one of them. They had complaints against both of them. And so Jesus addresses this generation in the next verses. Maybe you'll hear some words that maybe apply to our generation as well. Verse 16, he continues and says, what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to others. We play the the, the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge for you, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds." Like children, this generation of Jesus' day wasn't happy with anything. But thankfully, the large crowds aren't what proved that Jesus was the Messiah. It wasn't the fact that hundreds and thousands of people were coming to listen and to see what Jesus was doing that didn't prove that he was the Messiah. His miracles and his teaching prove that he is the Messiah, the son of God. And what did Jesus say? Blessed is anyone who doesn't get tripped up by me, is what Jesus said. But friends, if we're honest, Jesus, even today, is hard to handle. Jesus doesn't fit into our mold of what we think a king or a Lord should be. Jesus is offensive. Like Paul said, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing and the power of God to those of us who have been, are being saved. Jesus was then, and he is still today, upside down from what the world expects. Jesus and the kingdom of heaven are upside down from everything at the core of our world. Jesus teaches us that if we are to live in the kingdom of heaven, that we are to turn the other cheek when someone attacks. Jesus teaches us that if we live in the kingdom of heaven, we are to get the log out of our own eye before we pull the speck out of another's. Jesus teaches that if we live in the kingdom of heaven, we are to die to ourselves. Jesus teaches us that if we live in the kingdom of heaven, we are to put others above ourselves. We are to pick up our cross and follow him. And this smacks against the core of our culture that is all about me and what I want and what I desire. Living in the kingdom of God is not about me It's about others. It's about learning to follow the example of Jesus and sacrificing ourselves to put the needs of others above our own, to put our rights below the rights of others, to put our wants below the wants of others, to pick up our cross and to follow after him. The living in the kingdom of heaven is all about others. Now, we may prefer a more domesticated Jesus, but that is simply not an option that Jesus gives us. And so we either need to accept Jesus for who he is or not at all. Jesus and the kingdom of heaven are upside down from everything that the world thinks that they should be, and maybe even everything that you expect them to be. Jesus tells us that later in the book of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 16, in verse 26, he says this, he says, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? That's what our world teaches us. They teach us to do everything we can to gain everything and as much as we can, right? But Jesus says, what good will it be if we gain the whole world and yet forfeit our soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the son of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels, and he will will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly, I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. Friends, the kingdom of heaven has come. So what good is it? even if we gain the whole world and yet forfeit our souls. Jesus is the king and he has come and he is coming again in glory. So the question that you must answer today is what will you trade for your soul? Jesus invites us. Jesus invites you to come and to follow him today, to come and to find everlasting life. But before you do, Jesus tells us that we must count the cost. Right before these questions that Jesus poses uh, in verse 26 of Matthew 16, he shares the cost of following him in verse 24. And he says this, whoever wants to be my disciple or someone who follows Jesus They must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Friends, maybe today, like John, maybe you've been asking, is Jesus really the one? Is Jesus really the one who he says he is? Is Jesus really the one that I can put my trust in? Is Jesus really the one who can save us? And friends, I can confidently say to you this morning that yes, he is. He is the one. A little bit later in Jesus's ministry, he had gained popularity I mean, he had fed thousands of people. He was healing sick. He was casting out demons and people were coming out into the wilderness to find him and follow him. He couldn't get away from the crowds. But when people began to really understand that Jesus is offensive and Jesus is really hard to handle, people began walking away. And so Jesus, when these people walk away, turns to his 12 disciples and says, do you wanna leave too? I love how Peter responds to Jesus. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words for eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Later in the book of Acts, Peter will say that Jesus is the only one in whom we can find salvation. Friends, Jesus is the one. So will you come and deny yourself today? Will you come and take up your cross and follow after Jesus? Well, the Bible tells us that in order for us to deny ourselves, we first must believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the Messiah, the sent one of God, the son of God, the son of the living God. We must believe that he died and rose from the grave to pay for our sins. And then the Bible tells us that we are to repent. And that word to repent simply means to have a change in direction. It's we are living for sin, living for the world, living this way and to turn directions and start living for Jesus. To repent means to to change. Friends, you have been living for the world. You have been living for sin. Maybe you've been living for money or success or other people or sex or alcohol or drugs or for the world. Friends, let me ask you, where have any of those things that you have been living for gotten you? change directions, turn towards Jesus, repent today, deny yourselves and pick up your cross and follow after Jesus. And then the Bible tells us that we die to those sins and are buried with Jesus and risen with Jesus when we meet him in baptism. So come today, come today and die to your sins so that you can truly live. This new way of life, it's different than what the world expects. This living in the kingdom of heaven is upside down and different from the what the world teaches us to live. And it may be different from what the way that you have been living. But friends, let me tell you that it's worth whatever it may cost you. Jesus died and rose from the grave again to pay for your sins and to pay for mine. Jesus has died so that we can put sin to death and so that we can truly find our life, the life that God wants us to live in his kingdom. So won't you come today and follow Jesus? Here at Journey Church, we say that we wanna help everyone discover their relationship with Jesus. And when we say everyone, we mean you. We wanna help everyone We want to help you discover your relationship with Jesus. That last verse that we read in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said that wisdom is proved right by her deeds. So friends, let me ask you, what will you do today? If you're ready to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, or you want to talk about what that means, I would love to have that conversation with you today. I'll be out in the lobby, come and talk today or call or text me anytime. I'd love to talk with you, answer questions and pray with you and give you whatever you need. But maybe you're here today and you're like me and you're already a follower of Jesus. So what do we need to do? Well, like Jesus sent out his 12 disciples to go and to preach the good news to cities and places, God is sending us. We also say here at Journey Church that all of us go out and build authentic relationships with the lost in our community and our world to communicate the gospel of Jesus. And Jesus has shown us exactly how to do just that. Jesus spent time with tax collectors and sinners Jesus built authentic relationships with the lost. And we believe that it's through these authentic relationships with others that we are building, that God is going to open up opportunities for us to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus with them. So if you're like me and you're already following Jesus, then we all need to go out and build authentic relationships with our families. And with our neighbors, and with our coworkers, and our classmates, and our friends, and our communities. And we must be ready for when God opens up those opportunities for us to share the gospel. And then we must have the courage to share it. Friends, Jesus is the one. He is the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. So will you come and follow him today? Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your Son Jesus. We thank you that he is who he said he was, that he is your Son, that he is the Messiah, and that he came and lived a life that we couldn't perfect without sin. And he then gave, his, he laid down his life for us. Father, thank you. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. Thank you for sacrificing your son, Jesus, for our need. Father, if there are those who are here, who are far from you, who are lost. Father, would you help them to count the cost this morning? Would you help them to deny themselves and to pick up their cross and begin following you? Would you lead them to yourself today? God, for those of us who already are, Father, would you ignite in us a passion to help others who are far from you come to know you Would you help us to have the courage to go out and build authentic relationships with people who are far from you so that you can open up opportunities for us to share the good news of your son with them? Father, even though living in your kingdom may look upside down to the rest of the world, Father, we thank you that it is truly living the right way up. So Father, help us to go against the flow. And help us to trust in your word. Help us to trust in your son, Jesus. And we ask all of this in his precious name. Amen.